0: RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Jim Devico. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel.
1: Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 357 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report from the Star Trek multiverse, recorded live on Tuesday, March 6th, 2018, and available for download or streaming on Friday, March 9th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kenna. And I'm Tony. All right, Kenna, why don't we jump right in? What do we have coming up this week?
0: Well, this week we check out how a universal translator might be closer than we think. Why one of London's most famous concert halls had their staff learning Klingon. CBS explains more about their decision to keep Discovery off Netflix here in the States. And Doug Jones explains his threat ganglia. In Star Trek Online and gaming news, we'll be catching up on what the gaming world has to offer. And as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages.
2: Captains, you know we love to hear from you between episodes, so please reach out to us. We are on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast, on Twitter at Priority One Pod, and you can even send us an email via incoming at Priority One com.
1: Captains, we've hit our monthly financial goals over at Patreon.com thanks to you. Thanks to the generous support of listeners like you because of you we can keep the lights on we can continue to produce content from week to week and we can continue to improve the show throughout the year now we still offer some very interesting perks if you're interested to contribute via patreon.com for instance on screen which covered the entire first season week to week of star trek discovery and now we're moving into the orville i gotta give a quick shout out to a brand new patron that just happened today joel whitner Thank you for your support, and thank you to everyone else who has contributed to Priority One Podcast via Patreon.com. Now, of course, we understand that a financial contribution may not be in the cards, but there are other ways that you can support this show. For instance, if you're watching us live on Tuesday nights, give us a like or a Facebook reaction during the course of the live stream, or share it with your friends when we go live or after. You can also, of course, share the core episode that we release every Friday to your friends and all your other Trek buddies. It's that type of support that also goes a very long way in making sure Priority One Podcast succeeds. And of course, make sure to leave us a comment on places like
0: iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Now, before we get on to Star Trek news, we've got a couple bits of Priority One news. First of all, if you are in the LA area, or can get there by Sunday, then please come and join me at Roddenberry's Night of Diversity. It's being held at the Scum and Villainy Cantina in Hollywood from 5pm to 9pm on Sunday the 11th of March. I'll be appearing alongside the hosts of some of our sister podcasts on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. We'll be recording some special content, there will be prizes, and interactive art, and the proceeds are going to a good cause. While I'm there, I will also be making use of a new feature for the Patreon app called Lens. Think of it as Instagram stories for patrons.
1: Oh, did you think I was done talking about Patreon? Because I'm not. (laughs) Kenna just mentioned something called Patreon Lens. That's right. If you're already a Patreon supporter, you can keep up with us behind the scenes. Just download the Patreon app to your mobile device. But be warned. Lens content is only available for 24 hours. Like Kenneth said, it's kind of like Instagram or Snapchat. The good news is that we're making it available to all of our patrons starting at $1 and up. So if you've been on the fence about becoming a patron, even for $1 a month, maybe now's a good time to sign up and take a look at our pledges over at patreon.com forward slash priority1. Remember, Captains, that Lens content is only available on the Patreon app for your mobile or tablet device. So download it today and look forward to some content throughout the year.
2: Captains, have you ever thought about working with Priority One, now's your chance. It takes a lot of time and work to compile and edit the show each week, and our dedicated team is stretched to away pit thin. If you've got experience with audio editing and can spare an hour or two a week, we could use your help. If you're interested, we've got a handy form on our website, or just email us at incoming at priorityonepodcast.com.
0: Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. Join, I don't know. Then let's check it out. Computadora,
2: traducir al ingles. If Amazon has its way, the events that led to the Federation the Klingon War will be avoided simply by using an Alexa-enabled device. The Alexa group, according to Yahoo sources, is, quote, seriously exploring, end quote, ways to make Alexa a universal translator with diplomatic tendencies. According to an article on Yahoo Finance, the plan is not only to directly translate the spoken word in real time, but to also do so in a culturally appropriate way. From the Yahoo article, quote, Asking the virtual assistant, Alexa, what do I say to the father of a bride at a wedding in Japan, would solicit a different response and tone from Alexa than if you asked the assistant, what do I say to the master of ceremonies at a wedding in Japan? The understanding being that remarks you make to the father of the bride would be more formal and reverential than to the wedding's master of ceremony. End quote. It should be noted that this is from sources, and nothing has been confirmed. Check out the show notes for the full article. Alexa, How do we tell aggressive Klingons
1: we come in peace? First of all, I apologize wholeheartedly to everybody who listens to this podcast (laughs) via speaker because we just triggered your device like eight times. We did. So apologies. Number two, I have a hard time believing that Amazon is going to be able to pull this off. When I just read a BuzzFeed article today that echoes and dots are randomly laughing maniacally (laughs) at random times. That's not cool. So it's funny because- Sources
2: say Alexa (laughs) has been laughing maniacally. This is funny
1: (laughs) and coincidental, because our dear friend Jocelyn is debating whether or not to get a Google Home or an Amazon Echo, which is powered by A. We'll call her A, as to not trigger trigger people's devices. Again. Mm -hmm. Yes. And as I was researching a bit for her, all of a sudden, this BuzzFeed article comes up on my feed about how it's randomly laughing maniacally and not carrying out commands like turn off the lights and it'll laugh at you. <laughs> so I have a hard time believing that I would be able to trust Elisa with giving me a diplomatic way of greeting the father of the bride in Japanese.
2: You know, Miss Lexa's elbowing Siri going, watch this.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Hold my digital beer. <laughs>
0: <Hey>. <laughs> no, on a serious note, though, do you guys feel the way I feel, which is... On a Siri no. note. Oh, oh. Nice. Yeah, but can we bring it back, please? Okay, yeah, okay. so <laughs> does anybody else feel like the, this universal translator concept really, it's just a matter of time? I think we'll probably see something that's relatively close to real time in our lifetimes. Um, It it just kind of feels like it's an inevitable thing that will happen eventually.
1: We are seeing it. I mean, we see it now. There are already devices. One Kickstarter project that we've covered before that is an earbud that Mm -hmm. uh, translates live. Another device that is handheld that translates in the moment in nearly real time. Mm. Perhaps the question is, how long before all languages and all dialects are included in these things, and not just some of the primary ones? Mm -hmm.
2: I think the real question, and really where this is going to be adopted, is once that computing power can be reduced to something that actually does fit in your pocket. Because right now, it has to connect to the internet, do the whole machine learning uh, thing, access whatever copy of Watson, whatever it has to do to get in the cloud, to isolate these vocal signals and translate to something the machine understands. Once that doesn't have to happen, I think it'll take off. But this is the sort of thing where if you need translation services, a lot of those conversations are required by either law or professional requirements to be confidential. So you can't use it in any kind of like business or legal setting. And number two, you don't want to use it unless you don't care about that conversation being out there. Manners at a wedding, yeah, no problem. But if you're, if you're trying to close a deal in Japan, you do not want to use a skeleton. A skeleton should not be in the room when that deal is going down. Or negotiating with Klingons. That should not happen. Because you know Siri and her are tight. Trying to outdo each other.
1: So, speaking of translating, how do you say, I want to order five tickets in Klingon? Well, the Royal Albert Hall box office staff is used to dealing with ticket sales in a variety of different languages. But with the introduction of a new promotion, the historic theater staff was asked to learn a new language Klingon. In a move to advertise its films and concert screenings for Star Trek 2009 and for Star Trek Beyond, which are part of their anticipated Festival of Science series. The theater gave away a pair of tickets to the first 10 customers, placing an order in Klingon. Alex Green, who, according to KlingonWiki.net, is, quote, one of the most experienced Klingon speakers in Great Britain, end quote, was brought in to help the team learn the not-so-fictional language. Royal Albert Hall's artistic director, Lucy Noble, stated, quote, I think the box office probably thought I was joking when we asked them to take Klingon lessons. But now they're chatting regularly in Klingon. I think they realized it's an essential life skill that all should learn. End quote. We're waiting to hear back from Royal Albert Hall in regards to ticket giveaways, but it's a fair assumption the promotion has ended. However, if you are considering a visit to the Royal Albert Hall, links to the ticket sales and show times will be in our show notes.
2: And that brings us to this week's community question. If you could learn any language from Star Trek, what would it be?
0: Nurse, prepare my surgical equipment. Scalpel? Check. Suture? Check. VR headset? Wait. VR headset? That's right. Chandra Devam and Scott Edgar's tech company, Aris MD, is hoping to bring VR and AR into surgical medicine in a big way. The startup company is developing hardware and software that will allow a surgeon to view MRIs in three dimensions, rather than the current 2D view, and, quote, plan and practice surgery in 3D before they attempt the real thing, end quote. According to Scott Edgar, quote, we're as different on the inside as we are on the outside, so where your heart is, is not where my heart is. When surgeons cut into you, they essentially go in blind. They know generally where these things are, but they don't know exactly where, end quote. The software is also garnering attention from the tech industry, according to the Edmonton Journal. The Ares MD Technology is one of eight finalists for the augmented and virtual reality category of the South by Southwest Accelerator Pitch event in Austin, Texas. Be sure to check out the Edmonton Journal article for more information on Chandra Devam and Scott Edgar, as well as a link to Ares MD in the show notes.
1: You know what I did with my VR recently? I bought weights for my wrist and ankles so that I can get a bit of a workout. Yeah. When you punch things?
0: No. Seriously, though, you joke about that. But these things that we sort of interface with as games can also be used as... Training because, you know, I mean, think of like a super hyper realistic version of operation. Yeah. (laughs) Right? But, you know, in virtual reality, less buzzing and more like bleeding out or something. But that's basically what we're talking about here, which is kind of awesome.
2: I think the real question is the value added. Like, you sell a doctor a $12,000 VR rig and then you got to do a $3,000 MRI to find exactly where this patient's heart is and then you merge all that data in there and that takes a tech a couple of days and that's, you know, 5,000 bucks. And then, you know, at the end of all that, spending all that extra money and time and effort, does the outcome of the surgery actually change? And I think that's something that probably, it's in its infancy, so maybe there's going to be some great thing that comes out of it that I don't understand. But I think some of this is, we have cool technology and we're trying out ideas, like the old Nintendo VR things. It was a cool idea, but it just didn't work out. The application wasn't there. CBS leadership is extremely pleased with CBS All Access and the part that Star Trek Discovery has played in its success. We know this because... They keep telling us. This week, CBS Chief Operating Officer Joseph Ianiello appeared as the keynote speaker at Deutsche Bank's 26th Annual Media, Telecom, and Business Services Conference in sunny Palm Beach, Florida. As well as talking about the overall success of CBS and Showtime's OTT, or Over the Top, services, he also spoke about CBS's commitment to grow their offerings. The COO said, quote, we are in the growth phase now, so to starve it or manage it for margin, we think, would be inappropriate. End quote. He continues, quote, If we were managing the content for margin, we would have sold Star Trek to Netflix domestically. We would not have spent as much money on content. We would have sold all of our shows into domestic syndication. End quote. Mystery in Yellow, speaking of the benefits of the OTT service for CBS and other providers, says, quote, The distributor had all of the data. You would broadcast, and you'd wait for some kind of third party to tell you which demographic watched. We have perfect information in terms of consumption. What they watch, when they watch, how they watch. And so it makes us smarter in our programming, and on the CBS side, it makes a difference with advertising. End quote.
0: Uh, So I don't know about you guys... I get saltier with every one of these stories that comes out because Les Moonves was talking about it and now this chap is talking about it. Basically talking about Star Trek fans in particular as commodities, as little data mines to just grab all of our information and our demographics and what we do and our behaviors, it really leaves a really just horrible feeling in my mouth. Every time, and they're being just super blatant about it. it makes me kind of
1: mad. Uh, not only that, but they're on a platform that is completely subpar to any of the other major players. Agreed. Whether it's Hulu, Amazon Prime, or or Netflix. It's funny because in this recent episode of Last Week Tonight, the HBO series with John Oliver, he jokes about Roku getting really excited that they were in a headline about something regarding something political. I won't get into it, but... I think about CBS All Access in this way is that CBS All Access is a distant cousin compared to the major hitters here. The Amazon, the Netflix, the Apple TV, the Amazon Prime. I mean, Apple TV doesn't have its own channel. I know that it's on its own content provider, but you get my point. And so I don't know what margins they're getting other than who's watching and at one point.
2: You know, Elijah, what we find in our research is that uh, Star Trek fans are so disconnected from reality that they don't pay attention to things like news. You know, we can just say whatever we want to in these meetings and they just don't care. As long as we have something with Star Trek on it, they'll pay whatever price they want and uh, we can take whatever we want from them. They're like little tiny, mineable resources and we just love them. We just love them, Elijah.
1: So, there's obvious fallacy to that because we're covering it, <gasps> but there's also truth to that because we're also paying for it in the United States, yeah. right? And Canada. Whereas everyone else in the entire world is getting it through Netflix, and Netflix is coming out with Lost in Space, and that trailer looked phenomenal. Clearly, there's a
2: content gap that CBS is not going to close. That's not going to happen. As much as they're talking about how awesome this is and how we're going to, you know, not we're going to, you know, keep feeding the beast and we're not going to starve it of resources they're not going to close the gap with Netflix anytime soon. Or any of them. Any of them, yeah. I mean, but Netflix is clearly the, the, the herd leader here. But the point is, is that it is jarring, like Kenna said, to, on the one hand, as a Star Trek fan, as a consumer of entertainment products, to go, hey, thanks for making content that we really like and appreciate, and you know, hey, let's look forward to a new and better season, all this kind of stuff, and for on the other side of the conversation to be like, well, we've managed to monetize these people's attention, and we know that they play the, from here to there, and now we know that we need to sell Buick, more Buick ads and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's like, we know you've got a business to run, but good God, man, can you just take it down a notch and maybe treat these technologically engaged, smart people who have read a dystopian novel or two and treat him with a little bit more respect than what you're doing right
0: now. He's literally said, if we were managing the content for margin, we would have sold Star Trek to Netflix domestically. And then what he equates that with is the perfect information. So what they watch, when they watch, how they watch, which tells me that what you watch, when you watch, and how you watch is more valuable than the actual profit margin they would have got from selling it to Netflix. And that leaves me feeling very unsettled. But why do they even
1: care about that if they don't
0: have the content
1: to provide and target that?
2: That is an excellent question because I only watch Star Trek on the CBS thing. So are they getting information from other apps on my phone or on my tablet or on my computer when I log in? Because I just watch Star Trek, that's it. How much value does that have for them? Like none, except well, we've concluded that all the other shows suck. I mean, th- great. You know, congratulations. That's not... I would take the Netflix deal if I were them, if that was the data that I was getting. Maybe Star Trek watchers are watching the back catalog of I Love Lucy, or they're watching The Good Wife or The Good Fight, whatever that is.
0: I'll interject and say that I think that particular question is above our pay grade, and actually would be a really interesting question for somebody who's um, skilled in... Who knows what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, who's, who's into information security. Because when you log in with your account to CBS All Access, there are various web tracking methods that will potentially follow you around the web. I don't know that CBS is doing that. I want to make that very clear.
1: Let's be absolutely clear that we have no evidence to support
0: Absolutely clear. Yeah, no,
2: no. 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 That's why I said it was a question. <laughs> that's why I said I have questions.
0: Yeah, so that's a question for an information security person.
2: But to me the value of someone who just watches CBS all access for Star Trek and nothing else. That's small. That's not a great value. We took it to a dark place again.
1: No, it treaded on dangerous ground. It treaded on really dangerous ground, so let's... You're
2: talking to the lawyer here, okay? I know where the that's dangerous true. ground is. We didn't say that's what they were doing. We said that we have questions. The, the dangerous ground is here. We are, well, not in the dangerous ground.
0: When the CBS chief operating officer stands up in a public forum and equates my user data to the superior profit margin they would have got from a sale. I want to know stuff. Yeah. That makes me mad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm raining it back. Yeah,
1: it raises eyebrows. It does it raise raises eyebrows. And it raises questions. He
0: may not have thought he was saying it that obviously, but when you look at the quote and you put those together, that is problematic for me. Speaking of
1: questionable quotes that sound threatening and unknown threats, ganglia's awaken, because we're about to talk about Doug Jones and his ganglia. The official Star Trek magazine sat down this month with Doug Jones. Among the many things discussed were Mr. Jones' feelings on playing monsters, his audition for the role of Saru, and Saru's relationship with Michael Burnham. But what caught our eyes was his explanation of the famous threat ganglia, or the tasty threat ganglia. In explaining the Kelpians, Jones says, quote, "...I also have threat ganglia that come out from behind my ears." They only deploy when a threat can't be seen, but I can sense it. If something is coming at me with a weapon, I can see that and, the ganglia, don't deploy because I'm ready for it. But if someone is behind a closed door and they're waiting to pounce me, then I know something is not right. That's going to be the signature trait for Saru, is those threat ganglia. But also, as a prey species, when pushed into a corner, he can fight back i do have a fear streak in me if pushed to it end quote hashtag Kelpian chest kick for more on the interview with doug jones pick up the official star trek magazine number 66 by following the link in our show notes so around the oscars there was a youtube channel and i'll be sure to include it in the show notes that we're doing interviews with oscar nominated actors and, and creators and one of them was with doug jones and something else that was fascinating was in the interview, he talks about how he can walk in the middle of a crowded street and no one will recognize him because he's usually behind so much prosthetic. Not anymore. Yeah. And only now that he's becoming more and more well known because of a movie like Shape of Water, he's in much more of a spotlight. And so it's only now that he's starting to see a bit more of, uh, of people recognizing him in the streets. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. Have you ever seen Doug Jones? People may not have known who he was, but that man does not blend into a crowd. <laughs>
2: he's he's very tall. He's like tall. eight feet no.
1: tall.
2: Yeah, but I mean, you'll, very you'll notice slender. him, right? You'll notice him, but you won't recognize him. I think yeah. that at the at the beginning of Star Trek Discovery, I think when we first got the press photos, I think I would have picked him out and recognized him from that point on. Now let's catch up with what's happening in Star Trek Online and gaming news. Computer status report
1: status incoming message i'm only in the mood for good news today death by a thousand cuts that's what you and four other captains will have to do to a voth cityship between march 8th and march 29th captains levels 50 to 60 can play the breach event to earn one voth operative transmission every 20 hours After collecting 14, you'll complete a new Event Reputation project, and be rewarded with 50,000 Dilithium Ore, 500 Fleet Marks, 250 Marks of your choice, and a brand new universal console titled Voth Phase Decoy. This new console will cloak your ship for 20 seconds, disabling shields and locking down some of your ship's actions. But you'll also deploy a decoy of your ship to distract your enemy. When destroyed, the decoy will emit a pulse that sets engines offline and deals electrical damage to enemies within 10 kilometers. You'll also get a passive boost to max hull capacity and anti-proton damage. Additionally, once you complete the project, with 14 of those Voth transmissions, a new project will become available that rewards you 2,000 Dilithium Ore, 50 Fleet Marks, and 35 Marks of your choice. Now, Moving on to Promotions. We have an Infinity R&D pack promotion happening between now and March 29th. When you purchase an R&D pack from the Zen store, you'll receive either 10 low-buy or a special requisition choice pack for a tier 6 promotional ship. In addition to the R&D pack, of course. If you snag the ship choice pack, you'll have 15 tier 6 ships to choose from, depending on your faction alliance, of course. Now, you'll have to purchase a new R&D pack from the Zen Store as previously purchased packs are not coded with a promotion. And what can you do with some of the R&D materials you get from the promotional packs? Well, you can use them to progress through the R&D schools at a 25% bonus during the R&D event running now to March 12th. You'll also get bonus payouts. You can also progress through the schools much faster with 50% boost to school XP. Additionally, those extra 10 lobi you get from opening up those packs might go towards something you've been eyeing in the lobi store. Between now and March 12th, the lobi store is 20% off for ships and pets. Unfortunately, this excludes the walker class, aka the Shenzo from Star Trek Discovery. Boo. Now turning it over to console, the big news event is that the anniversary event is live. And with it comes its featured episode, Sila and Charybdis, along with its Week 1 Rewards. But that wraps up the news from Star Trek Online this week. Now let's open hailing frequencies to see what's incoming.
0: Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See? We are getting to know each
2: other.
1: Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages.
0: Episode 356's community question was... If you subscribe to CBS All Access to watch Star Trek Discovery, do you plan to keep your subscription until Discovery is back on? And if so, what will you be watching until then?
1: From Patreon, Thaddeus Edwards writes in, I'd honestly planned to cancel once the season was finished, but I found that I've kept it going so that I can keep rewatching. At this point, I've watched most episodes
0: at least twice. You know, I haven't done that yet.
1: Well, I canceled my subscription to CBS All Access, so yeah, I don't plan to rewatch until a while.
0: Do you not really? No, but have you plan Have you binged it yet? Because this is this is the debate we've been it's been raging all season is whether it's a more binge worthy show. Don't we kind of owe it to ourselves? I to, plan to uh, binge
2: it before season two comes out. That'll color our analysis for season two. It's like, we watched season one just now, and yeah, it was better, or didn't make any difference, so season two will be... that. That's my plan.
0: From Patreon, Shane Hoover says, I've already ended mine until the new season. There's no other content up there I really care to watch regularly. They haven't even announced anything new to fill the gap, so why stick around? Uh, and that that's actually a sentiment I can understand. You know, I've had that huge... I've had access to... That huge list of all the programs. The shows that I've most wanted to watch have been the other Star Trek series, which are also available on Netflix and Hulu. And
1: The Next Generation is in high definition on Netflix and not high definition in CBS All Access. What's up with that? What is up with that? Number one. Number two is I look if they had Carol Burnett, maybe I would have kept my subscription for a little longer just so I can watch Carol Burnett. And you offer that information freely.
2: You know, they don't need to dig deep into any sort of data mining for that. From Priority One Podcast, patron Jim DeVico says, I wasn't planning on keeping all access, but since we're Big Brother fans, I may keep it for the live stream over the summer. Well, I mean, if you've got other shows to watch, then it makes sense. Yeah, And that's, again, that's the sort of information you don't mind giving to CBS because, hey, I'm fans of your other shows, right? You're using the app. You're, you know, You're saying, hey, give me more of this content. This is what I like.
0: From Twitter, Demisa Sarki says, As great as Discovery was, I don't think so. I'll probably binge the season, then take my subscription money to buy Zen or go bowling or something.
2: There's a bowling ball
1: emoji now? Evidently. It would seem so. (laughs) But that's not a bad, you know, again, for Star Trek fans, you know, it's where is our money going to go? And uh, clearly Star Trek Online has been a successful Licensor, licensee of uh, of Star Trek for, for eight years now I mean, I still give money to Star Trek Online
0: Yeah, I'd far rather give money to Star Trek Online than CBS All Access Sorry not sorry, sorry.
2: Hashtag sorry not sorry. Dot com. From Facebook, Judy Hodge Apple says Not decided yet, the cost isn't that much so I may keep it so I can rewatch Discovery whenever I want until its return Binge it, tell us how it goes
0: And on email, Ben Churchill, our audio editor extraordinaire, has uh, sent us in an email. It's a bit long, but it's worth it. He says, Okay, watch through Star Trek Discovery in a binge, and all in all, it was really good. It still moved way too fast, though. I think execs and writers may have been too worried about not getting a second season and tried to cover off two seasons at once. Season one should have been the Klingon war with the cliffhanger, we have somehow arrived in the mirror universe. And season two... Mirror Universe with the cliffhanger, we're back, but nine months from the point we left and the Klingons have all but won the war. My biggest gripe is touching a subject and not following through to the hard, thought-provoking parts of those subjects, such as the Vogue storyline concluding too quickly, and the gay storyline, and then the missed opportunity of those two subjects converging properly. And I, I think he hit the nail on the head with... Um, <laughs> with, it's just with too his rushed. assessment of the season. Yeah. Um, they were a prisoner
2: of the schedule.
0: Yeah, and, and we've kind of covered that before, and I think it's what a lot of people have have said about Star Trek Discovery. All in all, for a Star Trek fan, I think most people enjoyed the series, uh, but there's a little sense of lingering disappointment that's, that's going to make you... F- and especially with all of the other stuff that they keep saying where they're basically admitting to taking advantage of it, it just...
1: Yeah, the executives, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I I don't want to give them any more money.
1: Well, that wraps up episode 357 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log, Women at Warp, and The Trek Files, visit podcasts.roddenberry.com.
0: But before we go, here's a reminder of our community question this week. If you could learn any language from Star Trek... What would it be?
2: Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash podcast, or tweet us via at pod.
0: Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 11 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details.
2: And if that wasn't enough, you can join us in Star Trek Online and the Priority One Armada. If you're interested, just head over to priorityonearmada.com and sign up today. Don't forget, every Saturday night, the Armada takes to our Twitch channel, where we review the latest Star Trek Online and Armada news, as well as highlighting some of the amazing members in the fleet. Each week, we team up with you, the viewers, and earn things like reputation marks and dilithium. With regular giveaways, there's something for all STO players, new and old. Follow us on twitch.tv forward slash priority1.
0: This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash priority one. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going.
2: And don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And our latest endeavor, Heroes Rise, brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons, Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets.
1: Thanks to our audio team, led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Ben Churchill, James Skifter, Brandon Parker, and Jake Morgan. With additional support from Midnight Shadow 7 of Sweet Media. Speaking of Jake, a big thanks to him for his incredible contributions to the production of this show. Not only in audio editing, but also in writing our scripts. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Pomper. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to associate producer, Navy Boats, Lou and Jim DeVico. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support... None of this would be possible.
0: Enemy ship on sensors.
1: Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons.
0: Engage. Engage. What's my most
2: recent search? Stop. Stop.
0: (laughs) It's blended Scotch whiskey, actually. But whatever. Oh, no. no, no, Not single malt. It's blended. Okay.
1: (laughs) Some people consider
0: blended to be kind of the... Kirkland's own Ah. brand. (laughs) Straight Mm. from Costco. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) From the the highlands of Costco. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a.k.a. aisle 14. (laughs) (laughs) the wild
1: from the highlands of the wild expanses of Isle 14
0: (laughs)
2: aged in the finest (laughs) plastic bottle (laughs) with a nice screw top (laughs) it's Kirkland's own whiskey
1: oh classy (laughs) (laughs) don't forget the toilet paper in Isle (laughs) 4 oh man okay Hey, Tony, did we uh, go into the danger zone? Danger zone?
0: Phrasing! Oh, Jesus. <laughs> danger zone! And on email, our very audio long. editor, Ben Churchill. Thank you very much. He said, Churchill, Churchill.
1: You know, Mr. Churchill. Ben Churchill. I was hoping I could get
0: away with that. That
1: worked. I don't care about closing because Kenna has to edit this.
0: Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh. I did say I'd do that, didn't I?
2: Our latest endeavor, Heroes Rise, brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, and tricks, and traps, and all the... Th-
1: no, don't don't expand it, because it's. I keep having to expand the... Just don't do it. Trust me.
2: What? No, I just didn't read the words just- that were actually there. I wasn't oh, trying to oh, ad lib. Oh, oh, I, I just completely I fell down on reading the copy. Oh, oh, yeah, I sorry. just completely screwed up, and I want to thank you... For taking, for giving me the opportunity to fully explain my failure, I think that's important.
0: <laughs> that's the mark of a good, good. It's a good leader. Yeah,
2: I, I think it's. I think it's important for me to acknowledge, <laughs> acknowledge my shortcomings in front of yeah. everyone.
0: There's no blame here, Tony.
2: No, it's a circle of trust.
0: It's a, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it's a circle. We of trust own here. our massive flubs. We do. When, on when we
2: fail to podcast. read the English language you know words that in is fact that, we wrote that... it, it, it's,
1: it's a thing <laughs> it's like because I was only half paying attention because I'm trying to fix my own <laughs> I know,
2: I know. <laughs> you're trying to fix your own stuff later on down there and so he's trying to correct his own lines he's like no Tony 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 when you do this here I'll tell you As a...
0: So he's just like, no, no, no. I'm pretty sure you did that wrong. Go, go, fix it. He <laughs> just, you know what, you know what's going on. This is Elijah in his head. He's thinking, I haven't told Tony off for screwing up a line in like 43 <laughs> seconds, so I think it's about time. Wait, wait, now, now.
2: His <laughs> <laughs> finally honed managerial instincts tell him it's, it's been too long since Tony's been publicly corrected for screwing up a line.
0: Podcast.roddenberry.com, was a good <laughs> Podcast. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.